for Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 13. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot and from, from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and he blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. You may be seated. Good morning, church. I'm Kyle Jones, and here's what you need to know about me. I'm nobody here to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul, right? That's it. That's all you need to know. Actually, I was on my way to work um, last week, and I was listening to the radio, and that song came on. And I said, that will preach. <laughs> that, so I wrote that down. And then I came home and I put it in one of my slides. And then on Monday, I got up and I thought, you know, I probably ought to figure out who sang that song. <laughs> so I Googled it. I, 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 I literally put, I'm nobody to tell, here to tell everybody in the Google search. Now, this, this is what's interesting. This picture... And you, I don't know if you can see it, but it kind of looks like our church in the background. But it had my name on it. You see that? It says, do you know who, have any idea who my father is? Dash Kyle Jones. I said, how did my computer do that? <laughs> <laughs> then I realized that was a link to a, another sermon, so I had to open it. And this gets better. This guy, his name is Kyle Jones. He's filling in for their pastor. <laughs> he gets up and he starts out and he, he, he sets the bar um, exactly the way I need to set the bar. He says, guys, I'm not your regular pastor. You know that. We get a very, very high level every week from pastor. And I, I said, if you say David. <laughs> <laughs> But he said, from Pastor Bill, and he said, and that's, let's just establish your expectations now. That's not what you're going to get. I don't have that background to be able to deliver that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep listening. And I promise you, this is what he said. And he said, and sometimes we even get a great message from Chuck. <laughs> that's what he said, Chuck. <laughs> so I turned it off before I thought, I better stop now. 
That has nothing to do with the message today, but I thought it would be interesting to tell you that story. <laughs> what I do want to tell you is this story. And the miracle that, that Butch just read about is a miracle that we all know. We've heard that miracle many, many times about how Jesus fed the multitudes with the five fish and two loaves of bread. Before I get into that, I, I do need to tell you, I am a huge fan of Dr. Tony Evans. Okay? So a lot of this, uh, what I, I say today, I heard on his podcast on January the 5th, I was working out and I'm, I'm listening to him, and, and I knew I was going to be preaching and and this, this message just kept coming back to me. So if you too listen to Tony Evans, you may have heard this. <laughs> but this message, what was interesting to me about this, it, and we're not going to talk about the miracle today about the fish, but the connection to what happened after that. Because, and, and I thank God that we're in a church that teaches our children these stories, mm -hmm. Right? I know I asked Cooper, I was talking to him just recently, and he just finished the whole story. I said, where did you hear that? He goes, well, Baba church, <laughs> you know, but he, I know he gets it at home too. But he, he knows these stories, and he's heard these stories, and they're hearing them right now. So, guys, we don't ever take that for granted. But that's one thing, if you have children, your children are going to be taught the Word of God. That's extremely important for them to hear that. But, and I'd heard these stories all of my life. But what I didn't do was I didn't connect the two miracles. Because there's a miracle following this one. So if you guys, if you've watched The Chosen, season three, and, and I'm not here to debate whether you like The Chosen or not. <laughs> season three, episode eight, this is kind of where this is going and. And Jesus has just gotten word about his uh, friend John the Baptist had been beheaded. And that's when he, that's where 13 takes off. And, as in the, and he's, he's trying to get away from the crowds, but the crowds see him and they all start following him. And then the, the uh, disciples, they panic like we would do. <laughs> How are we going to feed all these people, right? What are we going to do? And Jesus just says, you feed them. But there's 5,000 of them. So they just experienced one of the, one of the most well-known miracles in the Bible. And that's where we pick up. In verse 22, he says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. <coughs> okay. Don't, don't miss this, because I missed it. He, they just observed the miracle. Jesus turns to them and says, now, go to the other side. They get into the boat. They, they're blown away already, but they go ahead and get in the boat. And, and he says, I will dismiss the crowds. And that's what he did. Last week, David talked about seven different types of storms. That we, that we face, corrective storms, directive storms, grit-building storms, 
warfare storms, God-glorifying storms, compassion-building storms, testing storms. This is just so David can have a lead-in for next week, see? <laughs> this is another storm. You know what the difference is in this storm? These storms, a lot of what David was teaching last week was when we choose to go a different way. We choose to not live out our kingdom purpose, and storms are going to come. This storm that we're getting ready is, they're right in the middle of the will of God. Right in the middle of what God's telling them to do. Verse 23 says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there all alone. Okay, they just saw the miracle. He says, okay, guys, go to the other side. I'll meet you there. And what does he do? He goes, dismisses the crowds, goes up to the mountain to pray. What do you think he's praying about? We're going we're to learn about that. And we're going, I don't, I don't, in my mind, I don't envision Christ praying for me. We're all the time praying for him, to him. But he, he goes up and he goes to pray. He's not with the disciples. Okay? He's not with them, yet he told them where to go. I did do a little bit of research, and, and he's telling them to go to the other side of uh, the Sea of Galilee, and that's at, at around eight miles wide. That's around how wide the Sea of Galilee is. <laughs> but the boat by this time was long away from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Don't forget, they're in the will of God. They're doing exactly what Jesus had told them to do. And yet, they get halfway out. And they get into a storm. And the winds are beating against them. Several years ago, I was, um, I was fishing on Lake Fork. And if you've ever been on Lake Fork, there's lots of trees. And uh, this was when my dad was still living, and we were out there fishing, and we were deep into the woods, and we just started seeing boat after boat after boat coming out of the water. And we're just fishing and fishing and fishing, looking this way, not realizing behind us there was a huge cloud coming. And the other boats knew that, and they were getting out. I mean, and it, it looked like a, a parade of boats. And then when we finally fell in line, the waves got great. And that's a dangerous lake to be on if you've never been out there when it starts, the wind gets up. Because the, the waves literally looked like this. And they were going up and down. And you, you would, on the up, you wouldn't see any trees. And then when the wave would go down, there would be a tree. And you're having to dodge your boat from a tree going right through the boat. It's a very frightening thing. These guys didn't have a mercury motor on their boat. <laughs> They had paddled all the way out there. They had rowed out there. And in the middle of it, a storm hits them. Did I mention to you that they're in the middle of God's will? And yet they're hitting this storm, the storm of all storms. And Jesus is not with them. So 
as we, as we continue to look at the text, it's in 25 it says, and in the fourth watch, that's between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, of the night he came to them walking on the sea. We'll stop right there. He came to them in their time of trouble. What, what were they scared of? What were they worried about? The wind and the rain and the waves. He's walking on their problem. That's, that is huge. Jesus was walking on top of everything that they were stressed out and panicked about. He was walking toward them. In Mark, it says that he walked past them to see if they would notice him. <clears throat> but verse 26 says, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Dr. Evans said it really, really well that I can relate to, and some of you that have been around a while can relate to this. He said, it's, it's not, if it's not bad enough that they're already in the boat and in the sea and, and scared to death, then Casper shows up. <laughs> right? That's right. So they see this ghost. They don't, they don't under, they, who, what they think is a ghost. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Immediately Jesus said that. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. King James says, be cheerful. It is I. These Texas virgins that David reads from a lot, it said, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> it is I. What, did he, what was he doing? He was establishing, he knew, he had to calm what was on the inside, the storm that was on the inside, before they could face the storm that's on the outside. Okay? How many of you can relate to that? God's got to calm what's on the inside before he can allow us to approach what's on the outside. How could they hear with such clarity? Because the storm hadn't stopped. Waves are still coming. We know that because we're going to hear from Peter here shortly. But how did they hear what God wanted them to, to do? They heard the word of God. Because the scripture says Jesus spoke. So when we seek the word of God, then we can hear how to get through the storms. Right? But we got to seek the word of God. We got to listen to the word of God. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord... If it is you, command, or command me to come to you on the water. How many of you can relate to Peter? Uh, Peter just reacts, right? We know that. He pulled the sword out, cut the, uh, the soldier's ear off, and Jesus says, come on, Peter, it's going to be okay. Puts the ear back on. He, he just reacts. 
He, he sees Jesus, Lord, if it's you, but he said, if it's you. So he's got a little bit of doubt going on, too. He's wanting confirmation that this is, if this is you, command me to come to you on the water. I want to walk on my trouble just like you're walking on my trouble. But he recognized it's got to be Jesus. What are the other disciples doing? Where are they at? You know what they're praying? Jesus stopped the storm. They just, like us many times, we just want the storm to stop. Peter wanted to take it a little bit farther. He wanted more. He said, command me to come to you on the water. Command me to step out. I want to walk on my troubles just like you walked on my troubles. He didn't want Jesus just to stop the storm. Okay? I think somebody's going to walk on water today. Somebody's going to walk on their troubles today because they're going to realize there's only one way to get there. You have to be Peter. You have to step out in faith, keep your eyes focused, and go toward him. You know how to, to walk on water? Verse 29 says, Jesus said, come. He didn't say, turn to this manual, this page. Here's, here's the process of how to walk on water. He didn't say any of that. He just said, come. Come. That's all he said. And so Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. You know that story. You've heard that story. Like I told you at the beginning, I had heard that story. I just had not put the two miracles together. I thought they were months apart, regions apart. These are hours apart. Don't forget, they had just seen the miracle. They had just seen the blessings. They had just seen 12 baskets full of fish left over. And then God, Jesus told them, go to the other side. They're right in the middle of the, of the will of God, and the storm comes up. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. You've heard this story a million times, but I want you to think about it. What did Peter do? We know that he took his eyes off of Jesus, but what was he doing? He looked to what his troubles were. He looked at all of his problems. He looked maybe back at the boat to the other disciples. Don't we do the same thing? You know, we get in this boat, we get into the trouble, we pray, God's taking us out of it, and we start looking, yeah, but wait a second. And, and, and he regressed back to looking at his troubles. And the scripture says he began to sink. If you look at people, you're going to sink. If you look at the troubles around you, you're going to sink. We, and all these fingers are pointing at me, have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And it's, it's real easy for us to get up here today, for me to get up here today and, and, and teach this. It's just hard tomorrow to live that, right? 
Because David has told us many, many times how important it is that we start our day by reading the Word of God. And I'm here to tell you, I told our, our community group just recently this. I have every intention to doing that. And sometimes I do that. And lots of times I don't do that. And my excuse is I don't have time to do that. I'm, I've got this, this, and this. He, he's the maker of time. And I'm going to tell you, not one single time, not one, that I took the time when I didn't have the time to read God's Word that I ended up with extra time on the backside because he's the maker of time. I think that's the big thing is that we have to realize who Jesus is. We have to understand we can trust him on all things. Our problems are never too great. Our storms are never too great. But Peter remembered who told him to come. That's why when he started sinking, immediately he realized, but wait a second, you're the one that told me to come. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And what did Jesus do? Did he goes, I told you. He didn't do that. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Right? How many times can, can that apply to us? Right? It, it certainly can apply to me a lot. But I think it's just the fact that Jesus is a patient God. Thank goodness. <laughs> he, he understood what they were going through. This is still new to them, right? We have the luxury of the scripture to read. They're living this, and they're really trying to get their head around, who is this guy that can do these miracles, right? Mark says in his, uh, I think it was Mark. No, it was John. Let's see. And, or let's keep continuing. Verse 32, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the, in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. So, I've had a lot of people come up to us and say, what can I pray for you guys about? Pray that we get out of the boat. That the leadership of this church gets out of the boat. So we can deepen our faith and our trust. But here's the key. Get out of the boat. Go to Jesus. But look what Peter did. He says, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So the important thing to remember on this is, we all have to get out of the boat to deal with some things, to, to have the faith, but we have to get Jesus back in the boat in his proper position where he should be. Otherwise, the wind doesn't cease. I, I said I think somebody this year is going to walk on water. I think they are because I, here's why. Because God's going to leave you in the boat until you do. 
So, you know, I, I started reading this and I'm thinking, but I'm doing everything you want me to do. And you may be the same way. You've gotten in the boat, you're going, you're doing what God, you believe God has told you to do, and you're rowing and rowing and rowing, and you get about halfway out and the winds are just too great, and they're not allowing you to continue on. But I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But there's something missing there. You can be doing all the right things. But if you don't have Jesus in the boat with you, you're not going to get there. And he's going to leave you in that storm until you get out of the boat and put him in the boat. Look, look what it says. Truly, they said, truly you're the son of God. John, John had a different version of it, very similar. It says, when evening came, the disciples went down to the lake where they got into the boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. Still the same story. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they rowed about three or four miles, so that's where I got that they're halfway out. It's eight miles across. John says when they rowed about three or four miles out, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. We know in Matthew that, um, that Peter got out of the boat, came back to the boat. And this is where in verse 21 it says, then they were willing to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Immediately. So how important is it we get Jesus in the boat? Right? So God doesn't mess around. He's waiting on you. But it says, that the scripture says, immediately they went to the shore. So all during that storm, in the waves, and they're out in the middle, what they didn't understand, God was moving the boat. He was moving it. They were terrified, but he was moving the boat in the direction that he wanted them to go. And it says, immediately they reached the shore. So... We're going to come back to that slide. I, I just think that we can get weary even doing the will of God. We can, we can get tired that things aren't getting better. We can get tired that things haven't happened the way that we wanted them to do. Think about the fact that the disciples saw a ghost. What's the problem with that? Because Jesus showed up in a way that they weren't expecting. Right? Here's what I know about God. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Scripture says that. We think we have to put him in a box. Don't put God in a box. Don't think that he, he could never forgive me for what... I have done. There's no condemnation in Christ. We say that. You hear that every week. Don't listen to that lie. Don't put God into the box. That's what the disciples were doing in, because they didn't recognize him, because he didn't show up the way that he, they wanted him to. 
They wanted him to stay from the shore, still be see, still, see be still. That's what they in their mind were thinking, I would think. Not that I was there. I'm not nearly as old as Chuck. <laughs> but he didn't show up the way that we expected him. And, but, but he did show up. And isn't it good to know that Christ is praying for you? Just like he was praying for the disciples. What was he praying? He was praying that they have the faith that they need. And Mark, it talks about how, how did they get in this storm? Why? And he, his take on this, and I tend to believe that it was right. They just saw this great miracle on the fish and, and the food, or the, the uh, barley bread. Dr. Evans said the sardines and the crackers. <laughs> they had just witnessed that, and they were thankful for that, but they didn't understand that miracle. They understood the results. They saw the results, but they didn't understand who he was. They, they, were, they were just taking that in. They needed to understand. They needed to see Christ at another level and deepen their walk. So why do we go through storms when we're in the will of God? It's either to correct us or perfect us. In this case, he was perfecting their faith. He was growing their faith. He was taking their faith to another level. Peter wanted more. Peter stepped out to go to Christ. He wanted more with full faith that he could walk on the very things that were troubling him, troubling the, the crew. And I think that's, the, that's such an important thing in this lesson is... The things that we see as trouble, Christ walks on. He knew that what was troubling them on the outside was troubling them on the inside. So he had to show them, I'm God of all things. I will walk on your troubles. That's probably the most encouraging thing I took from this. He can walk right on any trouble, any trouble that I put in front of him, anything that I'm going through, but I have to trust him. I have to trust him to do that. And the only way that we can trust him, we've got to get out of the boat. We have to get out of the boat. You know, this week's been an interesting week for, for us uh, Friday night. We hosted the re-engage celebration, the, the, the couples that had gone through that. There's, there were 20 people there. I heard some fantastic stories that, of what God's doing in your lives. Yesterday, we went to the, the uh, skeet shoot at the butchers. 20 men showed up. The fellowship was great. And God's getting ready to use that ministry on Monday nights. Those are good things. But it may be you need to get out of the boat. And don't just go along for the ride. Get out of the boat. Take a step of faith. And, and take your relationship with Christ to that next level. And I think that's the biggest thing that I would tell you today. That's what we need to do as a church. 
God didn't put us here to stay in a boat. That's the easy part. He put us here to get out of the boat, go to Christ, get him back, and get him in the right boat. So, Josh is going to come. It's going to be a little bit different clothes today. We're not going to do communion. You can, you can take the elements today. But I felt really impressed, guys. We need to give, open this altar up for you to take the step out of the boat. God's looking for Peter's. He's looking for, the, for us to become Peter to take the step of faith. Some of that, that step may be, I want to acknowledge Christ for the very first time. You're going to have that opportunity. Some of you may that come, just come out of re-engage and say, I want to my family, I want to, let's go down to the altar and pray together. Altar's open. Men, I'm going to speak directly to the men of the church. The scriptures say you're to be the spiritual leader of your home. It may be, it's time for me to get up here and, and turn that over to God and let him teach me and help me to understand how I'm to be the spiritual leader of my home. Whatever that step is, I don't know. It could be that you've just been praying and praying and praying, and God hadn't answered those prayers. In your mind, he hasn't. Don't ever forget, God knows. You know, Jesus was up there praying because he knew their hearts. He knew where they were. He knew what they needed, and then he came to them. He walked on water. That was probably my biggest takeaway was he came to them in their time of need. I don't know what this new year holds for you. I don't know where you've been. I do know he knows. And he knows where he plans for you to go. So, Josh, I want you to uh, lead us. We're, we're purposely finishing early because I don't want the, the enemy to say, you can't come down here because then we, we won't be able to get out on time. We're, we're way early. You guys are going to like me preaching, aren't you? <laughs> I know the nurture workers are. I don't want to rush this at all because I think it's that important. We need to settle some things. We need to get some things right. We need to start this new year off with our eyes focused on Christ. Not on all the problems that are around you. Not on all the troubles that you've gone through. Focus on Christ. This one slide that I said I'd come back to, Matthew 10, 32, 33 says, so Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. That's not trying to scare you into getting down here. That's just coming right out of the scriptures. That's what it says. Don't deny him. Don't, don't think that... I'm going to wait to see if anybody else comes. And Peter didn't do that. Peter didn't care what the other disciples were doing. They were praying for the storm to end. He said, God, if, you're, if it's really you, I'm coming to you. And I'm going to walk on this. I'm telling you, it's time to get out of the boat. So let's stand.